of young heroes called the Animorphs. Hello and welcome to Middlemorph Millennials, the podcast that I started to force my friends to read Animorphs and yell at them about how blind rhinoceri are. My name is Morgan. And my name is Kate. And my name is Jason. Is rhinoceri <laughs> the correct plural of rhinoceros? I think it's rhinoceroses. Rhinoceroses. Or is it like Pokemon, where it's also singular and plural at the same time? Rhinos. No, Did rhinos. They say their own Ish. names, uh, like Pokemon. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. No, it's it's no, it's just rhinos, right? Rhino, rhinos. Rhinos. I mean, yeah, rhinoceroses or something like that. Anyway, uh, today we are doing part two of book number sixteen, "The Warning," which is the rhinoceros book. It's also a Jake book, and Jake has. Uh, led us here to the home of Bill Gates, where we're going to invade and see what's up. <laughs> um, it's actually the home of yeah. Joe Bob. <laughs> Joe Bob Finestra, <laughs> a.k.a. Joe Bob Billy Bob. Joker. A.k.a. Bob Windows. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh, my gosh. Also, it's only book, like, what, uh, 16? And mm-hmm. Jake is, like, crumbling. I'm like, how do we have, like, 50 or 60-something books? And, like, this kid, like makes it yeah, out he's breaking down he's making not great decisions <laughs> <laughs> well he already did that uh with 11 he just got a reset because it was a time loop or whatever he I just know. got a free free redo he got a, a new life he had an extra it's not a Pac-Man. it's not a yeah it's not a, a time loop uh, or a time reset after this one <laughs> not every jake book's gonna be a time reset yeah, pretty did much. he learn nothing yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just wait until the next Jake book, you guys. <laughs> oh. Are they all the just gonna be that, him fucking up? Yeah. Pretty much. Okay. That's his Joy. character trait. Is I'm the leader, but I'm bad at it. <laughs> yeah, that came across. <laughs> but consistently bad at it. That's kind of <laughs> disappointing. Well, no, he gets uh, better, quote unquote. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's a lot. That's his his whole character trait is I'm the leader and also my brother is a controller. So I'm wondering yeah. if the brother aspect comes in in this book, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Once okay, again. Now, now I'm just like, did we already talk? Do we? I think we already talked about that part, right? I think about the, him with his family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was the brother part. That yeah, that was like two chapters. Yeah, we ra- uh, the last week we wrapped up uh, with him and his family. You know, around the dinner table, and then, you know, Tom was acting like Tom, but Jake knew fully well that it was a yerk inside his head and, like, plotting to kill the yerk. Uh, Very as bitter. While trying to exchange pleasantries across the table. Yeah. Oh, yeah, not not Jake's brother, the other brother. Oh, no. Oh, oh, other no. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 Okay, no, sorry. <laughs> we did also allude to the other brother in Hork Bougier Chronicles. <laughs> The brother from the exact same parents as we have determined that Yerks reproduce. Three parents, y'all. We learned three parents. <laughs> yeah. So uh, where we left off, they were like, they just made the plan. They said, we're going to go ahead and spy on Joe Bob Finestra, founder of AOL, cough, cough, I mean, WAA. And uh, because his name popped up on that Yerk resistance message board website. So... We got to figure out what his deal is because he is appears to be a person who doesn't like Yerks and knows stuff about them. Spoiler, the rich guy is evil. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what? How dare oh. you, Jason? <laughs> 
I did not see that character trait coming. <laughs> uh, anyway, if you want to take it away. <laughs> I'll take it away with that, guys. Um, so we intro with this chapter. So we're at chapter 15, everybody. Um, we intro with this chapter about, first, what do you, how do you describe a rich guy? His freaking house. <laughs> so uh, Jake's like a sort of, not, not, he's not like out of the house, but it's like, wow, it is huge. Like, from the air, it looked like a junior college or something, is what he says, like a shopping center. There were a dozen separate buildings, two guest houses, each the size of Jake's own home, which we know is pretty middle class, a pool house with changing rooms, and a bar that extends to the edge of the pool, which itself was the shape of the logo. And just, come on, come on. <laughs> um, I feel like this um, description was a little bit inspired by um, Hearst Castle. Because it seems like, you know, a lot of different buildings. He says there's a, a pool with a changing, like, changing rooms. And I'm like, this all sounds like Hearst Castle in Cambria. So Do that not was hate me, but I actually haven't been to Hearst Castle despite living on the Central Coast for five years. Well, oh, Kate fine. and I have gotten to swim in the pool. Oh. <laughs> the thing I... I bring up every single time that I have mentioned it. I thought only Lady Gaga got to do that. <laughs> well, you have to clarify, it's the outdoor pool. There's yeah. several pools on that big property. The good pool. <laughs> the Neptune pool. Yeah. Our friend worked there one summer, and every year the employees get to bring people, and so she brought us. So there's there's an end of a summer employee um, uh, swim fest before they drain the pool in winter, and so everybody gets to jump in and have a pool party. Uh, nice. yeah. That sounds very like summer camp and like eighties movie, and it sounds nice. But for some reason, I'm like oddly suspicious of suspicious of it because of like capitalism. Like this is what you get. <laughs> oh, of oh no, benefits. there's 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 a oh, lot. Yeah, yeah sure, there's yeah. a lot of history there and a lot of issues. <laughs> but uh, I will say this, just uh, in terms of uh, swim, it's very cold because it's a not heated pool, and it was built in like what the nineteen twenties. 1930s <laughs> yeah yeah so it, it i mean it was central coast room temperature water <laughs> so yeah around 50 degrees <laughs> <laughs> very cool but yeah Bracing. that's um, just the vibe i got with this description so opulence over overindulged just and everything so there's more to the house though there's a boathouse down on the riverfront with a dock a stable big enough to house a dozen horses, possibly an observatory, a greenhouse, a garage for like 30 to 40 cars, a security building, quarter mile long driveway, a hill with the <laughs> actual house on it. That's a that's uh, big enough for like the Super Bowl. So this is like literally just so much wealth and property uh, and, uh, and just, opulence. Right. Yeah. And I'm just like if it takes me like I have like. And, like a decent house and i'm like it, sometimes when it takes you too long to go from one part of your house to the other you're just like i'm not gonna oh. go get yeah. my cell phone in the other room <laughs> yeah right <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> at a pharmacy i used to work at we had a really rich patient who had she would buy us like her inhaler uh cost 700 dollars because brand name only and the insurance wouldn't cover it because she just wanted one for each room in her house so she wouldn't have to like go from room to room if she needed it <laughs> Instead of oh, just taking god. it with her. I appreciate that, but also, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that, like, I appreciate that amount of laziness, because I feel very much connected to that. But I'm also like, god damn, that's a lot of money to do for an inhaler. 
But yeah, yeah, it's very much like that. Like, right? You're like, I'm too lazy to have a big house. Like, goddamn, I don't want to take my time traveling. I can literally like afford someone to clean it for me and carry me from room to room. Right, or oh, have like gosh. like a like a tram in it, or like you know one of those chairs that they put on stairs for old people to, like sit in and it takes up the stairs. That, but like just connected along the wall to the entire house. <laughs> <laughs> <You're just> like... <laughs> Well, it's basically at that point, uh, it's Downton Abbey, Jason, and you just need your own staff to be able to handle a big house like that. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Like, let's make it kawaii and just take all of that, <laughs> but like shrink it down to its necessities so it's only like 15 rooms and I don't have to travel far. <laughs> and only three inhalers. <laughs> only three inhalers. But none of them, but all of them are, uh, I was going to say this, like you can't. No, no, never mind. My thought is doesn't make sense. Something about stairs. It's like I don't have to go upstairs or downstairs to get inhaler. Stairs are dangerous if you're having you, an you asthma. You want a one-level, very expansive home. <laughs> yes. But ideally, maybe there's some sort of motorized like vehicle, uh, something small you can run in between rooms, so you don't have to actually physically walk between all the hallways. Maybe like a just fun like an go-kart. indoor golf cart. Yeah. Golf cart. Yeah, that's just it. Golf get, cart. What about like a razor scooter that you're just taking up and down your halls? <laughs> But then you gotta stand. What if I'm old and rich? <laughs> then you have to stand. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. <just> go <laughs> okay. So, um, Marco is like just again so impressed with this wealth, and he really thinks it's gonna be him. And Rachel's like, "Ha ha, little boy, you're gonna be mowing the lawn because you're gonna be a gardener." <laughs> um, and Tobias, and it's always sort of a weird moment of like masculinity talks about cars and i'm like no tobias you're supposed to be the sensitive poetic one not the, <laughs> not the car one that's marco and jake um so they get in again talking about his cars a little bit again they're all sort of just mostly marco marveling at the wealth um and here's his next part. Tell me you're talking about thermals without actually saying thermals. Jake is like, when you're floating on a pillar of warm, upwelling air with your wings spread wide and no sound but the breeze in your feathers, you pretty much have to feel good. It's as free a feeling as you could ever imagine because they are birds right now. They flew to the house and um, they are just sort of overlooking it. Well, um, she didn't, uh, uh, Applegate didn't say thermals, but that pretty much does equate to it. So I'd say bingo and drink yeah. it. And what's hilarious, when I read this and I was reading farther, I was like, oh, nope, then Tobias says thermals. Or Jake says, obviously, Jake <laughs> says. Um, where I Maybe think, Tobias is the only one that can say thermals. <laughs> I took notes. Oh, my God. Hopefully, I, I knew I noted it, but I wonder if I note noted it. But, yeah, then thermals are actually said specifically <laughs> later. Um, <laughs> and then they talk about Colonel Hogan, which I'm not sure if that was, like, Hogan's Heroes. That's, that's, um. Hogan's Hulk Heroes? Hogan. That's Hulk Hogan, right? And I, am... I think they were talking about Hogan's Heroes. What is that? I uh, thought Hulk Hogan. A TV show? Yeah, I thought Hulk no. Hogan had his TV show. Is this a different Hogan? Am I just not cultured? So this is the weirdest show that's ever existed. It's about an. It's set in a Nazi German prisoner of war camp during World War II, and it's like American, um, like prisoners of war. So it's very weird um, and that this, this even was... existed. This was a show for the whole family to watch, or why? Yeah, this was kids? definitely a popular show. Uh, uh, he was played by a guy named Bob Crane. Nope. Okay. And it was a comedy. Lost on me. Like, oh, oh. Yeah, Wild. Was, yes. Wow. 
I am impressed for whoever wrote that plot or that and the star of hogan's heroes was murdered okay we're getting it (laughs) oh it sounds like we need to do a tangent (laughs) podcast on hogan's heroes now this is how come i have not heard about this i feel like we made the star of uh hogan's heroes was murder yeah he was found murdered in his home did they catch the (gasps) oh mysterious death Nope. Oh no. <laughs> Everybody, donate that to our cat. coffee to get the bonus episode about <laughs> the mysterious death of Colonel Hogan. Jeez. And we'll talk about how the Animorphs could have either caused it or prevented it. <laughs> As we'll see with another mysterious crime <laughs> at the end of this book. Um Damn, this had six seasons, 168 episodes. Hot shit. It was a popular show. So basically, it seems like it was like a bumbling Nazi in charge of the the constant, not a prisoner of war camp. And they would always like have schemes and then, you know, fool the Nazis. So damn, buck wild. Very strange. I mean, I never watched it, but I've heard of it because it's kind of, from my understanding, we watched MASH and my home growing up but we didn't get into holgan's heroes okay another tangent what does mash stand for um um mobile uh it's the mobile army unit um give me a minute folks mobile army surgical hospital there we go so it's so (laughs) it's it's a it's for um uh front it was for that was the korean medical yeah yeah for the um this this more that turned into a stalemate. So it wasn't mansion, apartment, studio, house. <laughs> <laughs> Not studio, it was shack for me, but Shaq. okay. Sorry, yeah. shack. I'm sorry. That That's the only MASH acronym I knew. And I was like, why would they name a show that seems like it's like military based? It's doctors in the military, yeah. <laughs> I was not getting the connection at all. I was like, I don't get this, but whatever. A very different type of Hawkeye, not Marvel Hawkeye, but Alan Alda Hawkeye. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so one of those like, cultured gays. Um, <laughs> anyway, there's secu- right. the reason why they mention Hogan's Heroes is because there's like hella security all over. Thank oh you. Oh my God, if we were ever the actual Animorphs, we would never get any shit done because we were tangenting right and left about like, wait, what's the reference you just made? Wait, I don't, I've never seen that. We Let me look explain. it up on my phone real quick. Yeah. yeah. 30 minutes later, we're like, we're we supposed to rescue somebody. And, I'm, and like, the Yurks have already like taken over everything. Are the, our fellow Animorphs just trapped in Morph? Like everybody's just standing there. Everybody's a Nothlet, and we're just like, what happened? <laughs> It's like, we damn. learned about Hogan's heroes. Like, what did you do today? <laughs> um, okay, so I'll, I'll try to get back on track. So the house is just <laughs> is amazing, but it's um, it has a lot of security. Um, it's got um, three fences. It's got, um, I think it does have, I'm trying to remember how, it has a moat. Um, and, There's way too much stuff. <laughs> Rot- Rottweilers. And, Mm-hmm, which are very important. Uh, you got Rottweilers, you got armed guards too, and so it's uh, guns, so regular guns, nothing like a, a like a dragon beam or anything that we see so far. Um, and so 
with that, um, Cassie um, then spots down that there's um, a f an underwater fence as well. And then Axe is like, is this human in great danger? And Marco's like, no, this is just rich people <laughs> <laughs> um, using their money um, for crazy security. And so Tobias is actually the one that uh, points it out about, you know, how are they going to get into this fortress? Um and he's like, well, there's a, a, we can fly through an open window. There's one on the backside of the house. Um, and then Cassie is like, well, okay, well, then what? What do we do? We need to be able to move around in the house. Um, and then they're like, okay, we can do flies again. We can do ants. And then obviously, again, the team's like, what do we do? And Jake is like, well, here we go again. It's my time to decide. Um so Jake basically makes the plan. They're going to go in through the window like Tobias suggested, except Tobias is staying up to be the eyes and ears. Um, inside, half are going to morph fly, half are going to morph cockroach. Then they spread out, keep in touch with thought speak, and then when they find Sinestro, uh, not Sinestro, Finestre, <laughs> they, they call everybody else with mind speak. So that's the plan. Infiltrate window, morph bug, uh, like scatter, and recon. Um, so they go and do it. Um, so they go up high and they fly down. They're about, you know, 20 feet apart from each other. It's, it is um, Rachel, then Cassie, then Jake, then Marco, then Axe in a line. And they're going down and they're going to aim to go through the window. And so with that, and so Rachel is a, is going very fast and she's about to go through the window. Well, she went through the window, but then it was like, sap. And then with that, um, Jake is yelling, break off, Cassie, break off, because obviously something happened. Um, and so they were able to break off with that. And Jake is uh, yelling for Rachel, but um, she's not responding because she went through the window. Obviously, the sound sap does not, or sap does not uh, sound good. It sounds like you got electrocuted. on famous onomatopoeia. <laughs> um, but so Rachel wasn't answering um, Jake with his falcon eyes uh, could make out a dim shape lying sprawled on the floor and Rachel was unconscious. At least Jake hopes she's unconscious instead of dead. Um, and basically they start breaking off. Their, they don't go through the window and then basically alarms. Um, alarms are ringing. Sirens are shrieking. Men are shouting. So they've basically been found out. Um, Cassie goes high up. Marco and Axe were struggling with the dead air, and so was Jake. So they don't really seem to have any thermals down that close to the ground to really rely on where it was cooler. So they're trying to get away, but they're going too slowly. And then one of the guards is yelling at them to shoot the birds. And then one of the guards is like, the birds? And he's like, yes, the birds. Those are the order. So that's suspicious. Who else shoots mm -hmm. random animals? Bizzard three. But guys. also keep in mind that the this Yurk has Rottweilers, dogs for guards, which is not characteristic of a like of a Yurk because they wouldn't want that as an in for Andalite bandits. Spoiler. <laughs> Foreshadowing, not spoiler. <laughs> okay. Um, so um Axe actually gets hit. Um, so but still alive. Um, and with that, um he Axe starts falling. Um and they're trying to reach him before he hits the ground. Tobias is the first one to go and try to rescue um Axe, as he's the only one with any altitude. But um Axe had been in uh 30 feet in the air when he started falling and Tobias was 50 feet up. So it was, you know, not going to be, um, Tobias wasn't be able to get Axe in time. Um, 
but he was able to sink his talons in extra shoulder and chest, open his wings, and sort of sweep down along the falling slope of the lungs. Remember, they're on a hill. Um, and sort of saved Axe from just plummeting to his death, but um, they're still not, they still haven't escaped. Um, Cassie was also rushing to help and grab one of Axe's wings. And then Cassie and Tobias are um, trying to, um, you know, fly away with Axe, but they go over the inner fence and the second fence. So they're between the first and the second fence now, but then um, they ended up dropping him in the dog run where then a team of Rottweilers was coming for Axe. So that's going to be fun. Morgan, um, did you give us fair warning about the uh, dogs in this book? Because I was a little surprised by a few things. Yeah, I did. Uh, they they do get a little hurt, but they're not. Yeah. They don't. No dogs were killed. They were just kind of wounded. Um, yeah, no, I'll still take issue with that numbrance. But okay, continue, Jason. <laughs> Yeah, so basically, Jake then also goes into a shallow dive, and he's a little slow on it, and he's trying to obviously mess with the dog coming for them. Um, but the dog caught sight of Jake um, at the corner of its eye, turned, and actually snapped and um, bit uh, Jake's left wingtip, but it was just his feather, so it wasn't able to actually like really get him. But because of the whole situation, um, Jake still ended up like hitting into the grass and rolling with then a dog coming after him. Um, but then luckily Marco comes in and uh, rakes the um, the back of the dog's neck. Obviously the dog is, you know, not cool with that, is injured. And then um, Cassie and Tobias are still trying to help Axe and Jake is like, leave him, leave him now. And Tobias is like, no way. And Jake is like, do it or you're all dead um so sort of really taking a hard decision leadership role sort of a thing um and then um, i mean hasn't jake always when these situations axe. have come up like he tends to always say axe can be left in several different right situations. yeah in yeah. 11 too mm-hmm. yeah but this was more of like in 11 he makes axe go back for the disc and in this one he's like you guys have to leave axe Otherwise, all three of you will die. I'm just saying he doesn't seem to value Axe very often, or Axe often gets put in these yes. situations where Jake says, just leave him. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, Axe can take care of himself. Or, uh, I, at the very I, least... I thought, it was, Go ahead. I thought it was because he was an alien, uh, and yeah. uh, Jake uh, doesn't uh, obviously value the Andalite as much as he does uh, his friends. I always interpreted it as Axe can demorph and not blow their cover. You know, like if Axe had to demorph, it would just be like, oh, an Andalite and not, oh, a human. I mean, yeah, that that it, that situation has arisen many times, too. But yeah, yeah, just just throwing it out there. Jake seems pretty cavalier about uh, Axe always getting caught. Yeah. So they leave Axe. Tobias and Cassie release Axe's body and um, they fly away. So one of the dogs named Achilles does manage to snatch uh, Axe up in his jaws. Um, but because the, uh, handler is like, keep, like, don't, you know, maul to death. Uh, so the dog doesn't end up killing Axe. Um, so they end up catching a slight breeze and soaring away. Um, and, uh, Jake is able to see through the open window. Other men, uh, surround Rachel. Um, so basically we're left at the end of this chapter of chapter 16 with Rachel unconscious and captured in Birdmorph. Axe wounded and captured in Birdmorph. Cassie, Tobias, I'm not, Jake, Tobias, and Mark, wait, Jake, Tobias, Tobias. Marco, Cassie fly away. Mm-hmm. And they've been in about a Birdmorph for about 30 minutes, I think. 
Um, so they end up going to a roof of a Wendy's a quarter mile away. Which is sort of suspicious with a compound like this has a Wendy's a quarter mile away. Well, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, okay, I don't know what neighborhood you live in, but, um, yes. But then also, I'm like, they're like worried about morphing time. And it's like, guys, you're on the roof of a fast food restaurant. Demorph. You're hiding near like an exhaust fan or air conditioner. It's like you don't need to be a bird still. You are yeah. children. Just demorph and give yourself. And they can get their time 30... back. The right? thing I think they kept their the time thing so prevalent though is because Axe and Rachel still have a limited amount of morphing time, being a morph before they're discovered. I guess it's like a good way for them to keep track of it for themselves and everyone. For, I don't know, but I yeah, no, I, I definitely think I have it later in my notes that they should have demorphed at some point, but. They yeah, just don't. It, it would have been prevalent uh, to be able to do that, uh, to get more time to be able to r- rescue them, or at least, yeah, help out, but yeah. But they don't. So either way, they've been in more for about 30 minutes. They got, everybody's got an hour and a half left. They're thinking that these people are controllers. Finesha's a controller because obviously it's a fortress, and they attacked random birds, and they think it was a trap. Um, but with that... Trap. Um, basically, they're like, if they demorph surrounded by controllers, then they're going to know Rachel's a human, which means they're going to figure out that they're not Andalite bandits, and then that means they're going to infest them, and then it's all over. They're going to obviously have access to Rachel's memories, they're going to know everything about them. Um, and they also know that Rachel would rather stay trapped um, as an eagle than uh, demorph. There's this little bit between Tobias and Marco that I'm like interest it's i found interesting because uh after um you know they mention or after the narration mentions that rachel might let herself be trapped tobias says being trapped in eagle form may not be the worst thing facing rachel and marco is like oh yeah you'd think that maybe rachel doesn't want to spend the rest of her life eating mice and living in trees like you tobias and it's just like a back and forth between the two of them over rachel kind of interesting since. Like Marco has any chance. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel would rather be with the hawk and have, like, um, than be with Marco, I feel like. But I, I mean, if she was going to be a Nothlet, I know she'd hands down want to be a Nothlet in her grizzly form. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 100%. Be, she'd be dead within a week because she'd still think she can go take on everything in grizzly form. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, Marco, you also see in this part, Marco gets really pissed at Jake. And the first thing he says, you know, he's like, didn't you research this lunatic's mansion? Which we already addressed. I mean, he's right. (laughs) He is right. But, like, they already addressed that Jake didn't. And then, like, they just proceeded to, like, not do any research. Yeah. Oh, I think he's like, I think it wasn't addressed. didn't, Marco. Oh, I thought he just told the in the narration in his narration that he I didn't ended up researching. Because I thought they uh, asked, and he's like, "I thought you were gonna do." It, or no, no, no. I thought he's. I thought he lied and said he did to oh, his friends. Oh, uh, Jake off. said no. I thought you were going to to Marco essentially. So it was kind of like did, they know Jake thought Marco Jake was gonna it. do it, and then neither of them lie, did. Though. Yeah. But, no, but Jake knew that it was supposed to be on him. Yes. Yeah. So he lied, and then, but they, but everybody knows no research was done. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think that's a dig that Marco is. 
And uh, also, I was just thinking, like, I don't know how much research they could have done to be able to understand, like, this house was a fortress and something's really up. But they could have, there's no time issue here. They could have done reconnaissance on the place for, like, a week and kind of, like, scoped it out before they went all invading. Like, they didn't have to go barreling into it right away. As we see, yes, they should have helped the other kid first. (laughs) (laughs) Gump. (laughs) <laughs> <Same Right? dump. laughs> but they are basically struggling about like what are they going to do and marco is like tiktok jake tiktok we need a plan time is running out and marco's getting pissed and jake's like i don't have a plan like the fuck marco's like don't give me that you got us into this now get us out and i'm just like you know what marco i don't know i was sort of not on marco's side and i get marco's angry but it's like yeah you have a leader but it's like you're also all a team and it's like i don't know you're you're all getting yourselves into this mess at some point, but like I don't know. I was just I was just not on Marco's side for this a little bit. I was understanding of his anger, uh, because Jake like does, yeah, he barrels in without thinking. So he I could get be him being pissed. He could be better, but I'm like I don't know. Y'all could also do better. Points <laughs> like, They all chose to follow him. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just like <sighs> yes. Um, <gasps> Um, I'm just one of those people that's like, I'd rather just let me do it all myself <laughs> instead yeah. of like doing teamwork. So, oh, like, yeah, team projects. Let's just yeah. let me get it done. Yeah. And then want the, want the grade and just get out of here. <laughs> you didn't like it, then you should have done it yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. But so they're, they're really trying to figure out how they're going to do this. Um, they're like, we, they're like, we could crawl into the mansion, we could do cockroaches. Um, there's, you know, other things that we could do. Um, Jake is really trying to figure this out, and then they're really um, they're and they're like, "There's controllers in there. How are we going to do this?" And they'll be ready for us now. And then Jake is like, "No," and he's like, "They're not controllers." Um, and he was like very sure about this. And he's like, "Anytime we've ever gone after the Yurks, they may have used a lot of human controllers, but backing them up were always Hork Bajir. We've seen that there's no Hork Bajir. Everybody used normal." Earth guns, no. Um, uh, why am I thinking on this? Um, no dragon beams. Thank you. All I could think of was Kondrona. I was like, that's not the weapon. <laughs> <laughs> but has anybody seen any horses that look suspicious? Because there's your tip off. <laughs> yep, are there? There was a stable that could have about twelve horses. Um, maybe they're being kept there. Um, and he's. But Marco's like, well, what kind of human being would shoot birds? And Jake's like, I don't know, but these are, ju- but I do know these are just humans. But Rachel and Axe probably don't know that, so we have to get them out of there, and we have to be subtle. And Cass's like, well, they still have guns. And um, Jake's like, yeah, but we can we um, can we go back and like highlight, underline, and bold that word subtle, and then continue on. Well, it says oh, we yes. don't have time to be subtle. Oh. Oh, we don't have don't time, have time. To be subtle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's there's okay. there's no time to be subtle. And so then with that, um, Jake's like, okay, we need something that's fast enough and tough enough to burst through that place and can take a few hits from bullets. Um, and then Jacob basically has this idea, hit with inspiration. And he's like, we need to go to the gardens. So with this, Jake uh, flies to the gardens, and I believe um, he flies with. Um, Tobias comes with him and Tobias uh, bingo card take a drink doesn't get this morph Jake does and that's it 
And, and, and the like, kind of just landed on the yes. thing. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I was thinking that same thing. I was like, the bird. Because uh, the, uh. like, the bird on the rhino was like the inconspicuous easy part of this whole thing. <laughs> like, and of course, yeah. And that would have been nothing. And of course, Jake is doing the, I got us into this and now I need to be the one who is puts myself in danger. But like. Two rhinos are better than one, people. <laughs> right? I can't mean, you, can't like Tobias start, like, can't they both go down? Tobias start the acquisition to make the rhino calm. Jake demorphs, then does the, uh, like, sounds the good acquiring. to me. <sighs> okay. Yeah. They're, they're I mean, kids. Why did, they're, we why came up with a better Cassie? Yeah, why didn't Marco and Cassie come to get it too? Uh, he they're said he to... wanted to go by himself so that they could, um, they could, like, uh, keep an eye on things. Yeah. All right. Whatever. We know the opinions here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Jake admits Cassie had been right all along. They should have tried to save Gump first, prepared more, um, and it would have been the easier thing to do instead of, you know, playing this, you know, grandiose role and, you know, trying to do this whole thing without any preparation. Um, But so they go to the gardens. Yeah. and with that, oh, thermals, there it is. He knew the winds and clouds and thermals. He could help me fly faster. Okay, so yes, so <laughs> there's the thermals with uh, Tobias and Jake. Um, so they they go to the gardens. Jake still hasn't told Tobias why they're at the gardens. And then Jake's, like, right down there. And Tobias is, like, the rhino. And the word incredulously is used. Um, Good word. With Tobias's reaction. So, yes, they're going to the gardens to acquire rhinos, something that is tough, apparently fast, and can just tear through things. And so that's what they're going to do. So they have these, uh, they see two rhinos at the far end of the habitat where the crowds might be might not be able to see them that well. And so what they're going to do is Tobias is going to um, provide a distraction, and then Jake is going to acquire the rhino. Um, and so right there, Jake lands on the rhino, the bee, like, the rhino just, like, doesn't really even notice or care, and he has to, Jake has to then demorph to then acquire the rhino. So he begins to demorph on the rhino's back. This is all happening, and, um, towards the end of this, like, the rhino, like, starts to notice, because why wouldn't he? (laughs) As a bird, a falcon, becomes a human child on its Mm -hmm. back. Starts to weigh a little more. Yep. So suddenly it notices, it snorts, goes into a trot. Um, Jake obviously can't hang on really anymore. No talons. Rolls off, lies face down in the dust in the habitat. Jake is now sort of internally like, come on, Jake, morph, do this so that you can acquire the rhino. The rhino towers over him and then lowers his massive horn and smells Jake. Um, Jake, um, I think is not fully demorphed, um, from this, but is, I think, demorphed enough, reaches his hand out, um, touches the horn, um, which I guess is an interesting way to get DNA, because isn't it basically like fingernails, and then focuses and starts acquiring the rhino. And that's the end, so now Jake can morph rhino. Speaking of which, hey Kate, what are rhino horns made out of? Yeah, uh, Jason's right. It is uh, like uh, <laughs> nails and cu- uh, cuticles. It's keratin. Uh, well, do you guys want rhino facts? I'm sorry. Some of it is a little sad because rhinos are endangered for a reason, and that reason is poaching. Yes. Yeah, we did mention this last week how it was going to be a little bit of a bummer, but we can 
end on a positive note. Okay. Yay. <laughs> With the book or the rhinos? <laughs> Both. We're so we're soldiering through. Before um, we start with the rhinos, like every time I th- like the rhino, I always think about Kate. What you said in our very first episode, so episode zero about uh, be a hippo and like yeah. the poop thing and the and the tail. Yeah. And uh, I don't know why, but I'm like rhinos and hippos. They're like the same thing, but they're completely not. But in my mind, uh, I'm they, just like they're, they're, they're similar, but they diverged uh, millennia, uh, millions of years ago. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why it just always makes me think of that. I know uh, it's like a land hippo or a water rhinoceros. <laughs> yeah. um, but rhinos are pretty creatures. Uh, uh, there are five um, existing species right now um, in the world of rhinos. So two of the species are native to Africa and three are native to South and Southeast Asia. And the collective noun for a group of uh, rhinoceroses is a crash or a herd. Um, but I like a crash, crash of rhinos. Very that good. makes sense. Crash is good. Um, uh, the family of um, rhino uh, ser- ser today. I totally think I pronounced that wrong. Uh, but it's uh, in the or- in that family. Um, consists only of four um uh four uh uh uh, genuses so uh you got the white rhinoceros black rhinoceros sumatran rhinoceros and the indian and uh javan uh rhinos the main difference between the black and white rhinos is actually the shape of their mouths the white rhinoceroses have uh broad flat lips for grazing right whereas like the black rhinos have long pointed lips for eating foliage they actually are both pretty similar in color and even though their names are white uh, rhino and black rhino it's they're they're both gray uh rhinoceroses are some of the largest uh remaining megafauna in the world uh they all weigh at least one ton uh when they reach adulthood and I they're have a herbivores. I have yeah. A question really quick. Is the is the definition for megafauna weighing at least a ton? I'll Google this. You can continue. I'm sorry. I was just like, <laughs> is that the cutoff? Is that what makes the mega a ton? Uh, uh weight over a uh, hundred uh pounds. Most common thresholds uh for megafauna is it weighs over a hundred pounds. Uh, has a uh, or over a ton. Yep. Yeah, oh my right. god, I'm a megafauna. I'm over hundred. <laughs> Sorry, continue. I was just like, what? How do I not know what the cutoff is for this? <laughs> um, they're herbivores, uh, and uh, they have thick protective skin, uh, and it's formed of collagen, thick layers of collagen um, positioned like in a lattice-like structure over their bodies. They generally eat uh, leafy materials, uh, and uh, although they have an ability to ferment food in their hindgut, um, but it allows them to subsist on more fat, uh, fibrous plant matter um, also when necessary. So the two African species of the rhinos lack uh, teeth in the front of their mouths. Uh, they instead rely on their lips to pluck uh, their food. So going into it, there's two subspecies of white rhinoceroses, uh, the northern and southern. Um, the southern subspecies has a wild population of uh, 12 over 20,000. Uh, as of 2013, it makes them the most abundant rhino uh, subspecies in the world. But the northern subspecies is critically endangered, uh, with uh, the only remaining um, of that subspecies is just two captive females. 
So the name black rhinoceros was chosen to distinguish the species from the white rhinoceros, <laughs> and it can, can be confusing. Uh, so uh, there's four subspecies of black rhinos. They have a, a beak-shaped lip, and then obviously, as we talked about, similar in color to the white rhinoceros. And uh, during the latter half of the 20th century, their numbers were severely reduced from an estimated 70,000 from the late 1960s to a record low of 2,410 in 1995. Since then, the numbers have been steadily increasing at a uh, continental level with numbers doubling uh, to about 4,880 by the end of 2010. Um, but, you know, if you look at it by 2008, the current numbers are still like 90% lower than they were three generations ago. I mean, you you have like uh, 4,800 uh, versus what it used to be 30, 40 years ago at 70,000. The Indian rhinoceros is uh, the greater one-horned rhino, and it has a single horn that can grow 20 to 60 centimeters long. Um, it's nearly as large as the African white rhinoceros, and its uh, thick uh, silver-brown skin folds into uh, its shoulder and back and rump, so it gives a very armored-like appearance. It's like a very pronounced armor-looking rhinoceros, the Indian rhino. And uh, its upper legs and shoulders are covered in wart-like bumps, um, and it has very little body hair. And so it is uh, confined to the tall grasslands and forests in the foothills of the Himalayas. Two-thirds of the world's Indian uh, rhinoceroses are now uh, confined to uh, Kazi, sorry, Kazi Gran, uh, <laughs> Kazi uh, Ranga National Park, situated in uh, uh, Assam, India. And then the last two, the Javan rhino, is one of the most endangered large mammals in the world. In 2015, it's estimated only about 60 remain in Java, Indonesia, in the wild, and it's also the least known about rhino species. And uh, it's uh, closely related, um, but is smaller than the Indian rhinoceros, and also has one horn. Then the last rhino of the five, the Sumatran rhinoceros, is the smallest uh, a known rhinoceros species in the world today and it's uh, the one with the most hair and it can be found at very high altitudes in Borneo and Sumatra but due to habitat loss and poaching their numbers have declined and it's become the second most threatened rhinoceros. There's only about 275 rhinos uh, believed to be uh, remaining and they're about reddish brown in color. So rhinos have no real predators in the wild other than humans, but young rhinos can be prey to big cats and crocodiles and African wild dogs and hyenas. Rhinos are killed by poachers for their horns, uh, which are brought and, uh, brought and sold on the black market for high prices, and it leads uh, to most uh, living rhinoceros species being considered endangered. The contemporary market for a rhino horn is overwhelmingly driven by China and Vietnam, where it is bought by wealthy consumers to use in traditional Chinese medicine, among other uses. Um, rhino horns are made of keratin, uh, same thing as hair and fingernails, but uh, there's no good evidence of it providing any health benefits. A market uh, also exists for rhino horn daggers, uh, like a, as a handle for daggers, and that's in Yemen, where it's a major source of demand for a rhino horn, um, and that was back in the 70s and 80s. Vietnam reportedly has the biggest number of rhino horn consumers, with their demand driving mostly uh, from poaching, and so that has risen uh, to record levels 
So, like, the Vietnam uh, CITES Management Authority has claimed that Hanoi recently experienced a 77% drop in the usage of rhino horns, but National Geographic has challenged these claims, noticing that there was no rise in uh, the number of criminals who were actually apprehended or prosecuted for poaching uh, or buying or selling uh, rhino horns. So, South African rhino poaching, uh, it's, like, once it's po- uh, the animals are poached in South Africa, the main destination market is for Vietnam, and an average size horn can bring in as much as a quarter of a million dollars in Vietnam. And many uh, rhino um, range states have stockpiles of rhino horn. So to prevent poaching in certain areas, rhinos have been tranquilized and their horns removed. Armed park rangers, particularly in South Africa, are also working on the front lines to combat poaching, sometimes killing poachers who are caught in the act. In 2012, um, a spike in rhino killings increased uh, concerns about the future of the species. So they're awesome animals. They absolutely provide no health benefits other than they're beautiful animals uh, to see and watch would be a part of an ecosystem. But yeah, uh, they definitely killed. Uh, I found the International Rhino Foundation as a good place to donate to. Um, they have like a 94% on the like consumer charity rating. Mm-hmm. Their mission is to ensure the survival of rhinos through strategic partnerships, targeted protection, and scientifically sound interventions. And you can adopt a rhino either in your own name or as like a gift to someone. And you get a little certificate and a picture of your adopted rhino and a biography about them and a little sticker. So... You can adopt a rhinoceros to help protect them. Also, on their website, they have, like, this state of the rhino report. And there are a lot of, like, good things on there, too. Like, um, greater one-horned rhinos continue their population rebound in India and Nepal, surpassing 3,700 individuals. Um, And, like, emergency recovery efforts have increased over the pandemic. So their, like, resources have increased over the course of the pandemic. And Javan rhinos experienced a small but significant increase to 75 individuals, which is, uh, and also, like, the new births have been successfully offsetting natural deaths in their population. And then the black rhino population has increased um, overall. So that's good. (laughs) These are good things. And then also we went to the rhino sanctuary that they have with the rhino breeding program down in uh, San Diego and uh, they're doing a really good job for conservation as well. Yeah there was a baby and it was cute. I think Um, there was a what wasn't there two babies? I don't remember. I might not have been listening. (laughs) uh, I remember several babies it was awesome. They're uh, very pretty animals. And there's this cool um on the the uh, international rhino foundation website you can buy like clothing and jewelry and some of the jewelry is um created using material from snare wire recovered from poaching traps so they kind of like repurpose those to make jewelry and um some of it also incorporates vegetable ivory which comes from palm trees that's a thing you can do, people. Vegetable ivory instead of real ivory. So that's what I found that's good. Yay. Good <laughs> Thank you. I felt bad about bringing all these facts. I'm like, oh, boy. 
Here we go. Boy, howdy. <laughs> um, and it looks like, hang on one second. Can you also adopt a canine ranger? Dogs to fight wildlife crime? Excuse me? <laughs> so, apparently, they have info about that. And they have this dog. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, my dog has an opinion about this. <laughs> his name is Dozer, and he uses his superior sense of smell, hearing, eyesight, and agility to sense and do things that people can't in order to prevent wildlife crime. Dope. There's also a website called StopRhinoPoaching.com, and I support this message. Please maul more poachers. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Rhinos are amazing. Conserve and keep them going. They deserve to be uh, running around all, all free again and good, healthy population numbers. As Jake says later. Um, so Jake and Tobias race back to the gardens with Tobias not having acquired a damn rhino. <laughs> For no Once reason. He, he could have taken him no. 10 seconds to land on the other rhino and get a rhino. Yeah. So when they get there, Marco and Cassie have, again, presumably not demorphed and remorphed and are just chilling in a tree outside the outer fence to the compound. Um, Cassie notes it's a good thing they didn't morph cockroaches to try and get in there because there's bug poison, like around the doors and windows. So bugs were a bad idea in general. Um, so Jake kind of lands and morphs and demorphs. And Marco's like, what are you morphing? And then a horn sprouts and he's like, oh, <laughs> that's what you're morphing because it's just so recognizable. And mm -hmm. also later, one of the human guards is like, what is that thing? And it's like, it's a rhinoceros, my dude. It's not like <laughs> we don't put those like in children's rooms. Like, how did you not recognize a rhino? So by the time Jake is done morphing, Axe and Rachel have about 10 minutes left on their morph because he has taken like some time to go to the gardens, come back. They got 10 minutes left. Um, Jake notes that the rhino brain is pretty calm but alert, not necessarily looking out for predators, but more on the alert for like other alpha rhinos that might challenge him. Um, the rhino's eyes are also super bad. So uh, Marco and Tobias have to kind of like aim him and tell him where to go. And this part is pretty quick. Like, Jake smashes through two gates on the outside of the property. Then the Rottweilers come back and decide very quickly that they do not want to challenge a rhinoceros. And so, as Marco puts it, they haul doggy butt out of there. They're fine. They retired. They had a nice party. The dogs are good. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, some armed guards show up. And Jake has this little thing, which I thought was nice. Rhinos get shot at all the time. Unfortunately, there are people stupid enough to think rhino horn is a medicine and people creepy enough to slaughter endangered rhinos to get it. But they don't go hunting rhinoceroses with shotguns. You don't want to shoot or you want to shoot a no, I think I missed a part there. If you want to shoot a rhino, you need a high-power, high-caliber rifle, not a shotgun that fires a bunch of small pellets. So this is very satisfying that he kind of just runs one of them down and impales him in the Can I just say, butt. like, these guards <laughs> having shotguns seems really weird. Right? That's a very strange defense weapon to have if you're on a compound. That's like something like, you know, a warden of a property but not like armed guards all patrolling a house that's you know like a fortress that does not seem like the the weapon of choice 
Uh, yeah, that's like the close quarters weapon. Like you want rifles in the when you're outside. I don't know. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, you want that when you're gonna, you know, go skeet shooting. Not necessarily. Yeah, <laughs> for defending, defending a mansion. Yeah. So uh, the other, he impales one of the guards with his horn, and then the other one is like, "All right, bye." And so he leaves, and they just make it into the house because all the other guards are like. I don't get paid enough. Goodbye. <laughs> and so Cassie, Marco, and Tobias have Jake open doors for them by smashing through them. Um, and they're just, like, flying around having him open a bunch of doors. And, like, hey, maybe duck into a side room and, like, morph gorilla. And, hey, Tobias has a hork morph. They have hands. They can <laughs> open doors. But okay. So they're just kind of, like, frantically, like, we're going to find them any second. And then we're just going to go. Like... Very much not thinking ahead, very thinking in the moment. And Cassie's like, we're trashing this man's home. I really sure hope he's a controller after all this. And Marco's like, he can <laughs> afford it. And she's like, that's not the point. Jake, open this door, please. <laughs> like, <laughs> We don't care about Bill Gates. It's fine. You can smash he's, up his house. He's got more money than he need, than he knows how to, what to do with. Like, yeah. do not. Don't do worry that. about it, girl. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so they realize they're taking up too much time. And then somebody mentions, hey, maybe the room that Axe and Rachel are in probably are guarded. So the birds, the bird people, Marco, Cassie, Tobias, head out and look for a room that's actually guarded like they should have done in the first place. And um, <laughs> they're kind of running on adrenaline right now, it seems like. There's a lot of things I should have done in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> So Tobias eventually finds this room upstairs that's guarded and the two guards start shooting at him. The others rush to help, but Jake can't climb up the stairs without demorphing. And he's starting to feel a little bit sluggish because he's been shot a, a bunch. Um, he also is like, well, as long as the bullets are still flying, that means Tobias is still alive. So I'm glad that they're still shooting. So he starts to demorph. Jake starts to demorph and calls out to Axe and Rachel. And Axe replies and is like, yes. I'm here, and Jake orders him to demorph, um, but even though there are guards in the room with him, but Jake, de like, becomes too demorphed to respond in thought speak, so his thought speak gets cut off. So, Axis said I'm demorphing, um, Tobias is being shot at by two guards, Rachel's unconscious, Axe also stops responding to Jake, and then Cassie and Marco and Jake are all demorphing. So they can remorph their normal battle morphs, and it's all chaos down here. <laughs> um, they duck into a side room as the guards go by. Tobias leads the guards away, and when the remaining animorphs emerge, they're in their battle morphs. So we got tiger, wolf, and gorilla. They run down into the uh, down the hall into a bedroom as big as a basketball court, guarded by two very scared-looking guys. Scared looking guys cradling weapons. One had a shotgun and the other a small submachine gun. They were 30 feet away. For a frozen moment, no one moved. And Jake notes that they probably could have killed him before he could get to them, but he takes a chance and talks to them and is like, Listen, you might kill me, but I'll probably kill you too. So, okay, Jake, okay, we get into more of this. The whole reason up to book 16 that they have been purposefully not talking to people. I mean, granted, Cassie talked to the jockey on her back for horse riding and Rachel's done it a few times. Is so that people don't catch on that they're human and like that they're, you know, thought speak somehow gives them away that they're human. The, the, 
Well, that's that's like, the whole point of it. Jake gets so pissy about everybody else doing it, and then he just so, like cavalierly does it here. Does it as well? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. He does say, "I can send your heads rolling like bowling balls," which is not necessarily something that an Andalite would say, but you know. I mean, there's the the problem is is yeah the the reason why they haven't spoken and thought speak for so long is because they can easily give themselves away as humans if they do so. But he does know they're not controllers. He's like pretty confident about that. So I well, think that's why he's probably. But then we open the yeah. next door. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So Jake, I mean, it pays off because the two guys are like, yeah, we're not paid enough for this. All right, we'll put our guns down and we'll leave. So um, they put their weapons down. Rachel kind of, or Cassie kind of like monitors them as they leave. Marco opens the door and Jake jumps through. And in the room, he finds that it is designed to look a lot like the year Homeworlds. There's a green sky forked with lightning, a lot of scruffy plants growing out of the ground, and even a faux yerk pool. And Jake sees Axe half demorphed but frozen, and Rachel is unconscious. He notes that neither of them are breathing and thinks that he's too late and they're both dead. There's our everybody's dead moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, however, Joe Bob Finestra is standing there guarding them with a handheld dragon beam. Joe Bob. Joe, Joe Bob. Bob. And Joe he Bob. tells, he's like, <laughs> You killed my friends. And he's like, can't you recognize biostasis? You're an Anzalite. And he's like, oh, shit. So he makes a series. Jake makes a series of mistakes of like, oh, yeah. Again, Jake should not have talked. Well, Axe isn't there to do it. So they have this really Uh. weird conversation. And Joe Bob admits, I'm a Yerk, a controller. Although my host and I are on very good terms. I made him rich. I wrote his famous web browser. We've been partners all these years. Jake says, Yurks don't have partners. And he says, no, we don't. Who sent you after me? Have you made some kind of deal with my brother? And Jake says, your brother? Joe Bob says, you are obviously Andalites. No one else has your amazing morphing technology. But I have to ask myself, why would Andalites go to so much trouble to kill me? Me, of all Yurks. And then kind of clarifies, oh, or kind of realizes, oh, you must have noticed the website and you must be looking for people who are on your same side. You must be looking for allies. So he's like, okay, I'll tell you who I am. My name is Esplin9466. Hmm. Which, hmm. as we know, is the name of the year. Well, the double number nez- designation shows that he's a twin. And he explains, we get a little bit of a Yerk bio lesson. Because Tobias is the only one that would know this. Yeah. <laughs> that Well, not yet. Because remember, we read out of order. But, um. Uh, the nine the oh. double number Sorry. designation shows that he is a twin. That two Yerks grew from the same grub. When they are twins, one is considered the prime and one the lesser. I am the lesser. My brother, my twin, is the prime. To him go the best assignments, the best hosts, the rank, the power, the glory, and to me only what I can take. So, so basically, go ahead. Does I keep losing my train of thought? There's so many. Okay, <laughs> um, so. What time on did he come down to Earth? Did he come down like pre-invasion, like Visor One did? Uh, like, because he seems to have been on Earth for a really long time to make to get to be this way. Yeah. So basically, it seems like it's pre-internet, right? So he is essentially he used your technology to create the internet to spy on humans and then ruin rank in the Yerk rank. 
and then was betrayed by his brother because his brother was worried about the amount of power that he was gaining. And now he's been in hiding on Earth ever since. Which is kind of weird to think that the Yerks have been working on Earth for a long... We knew this about with, with Marco's mom, but like, have been working on Earth for a long time. Which is sort of like... I'm like, why haven't they worked faster? But I'm also like, <laughs> there are probably so many more controllers than you think. Yeah. And not to mention, like, different towns, but it's just Cities, concentrated. Yeah. yeah. So, basically, um, yeah, he's he created internet <laughs> and um, has been using it to... And Jake says, you sift email, you spy on chat rooms. And he's like, oh, you know c- human computer terminology. And Jake's like, shit, <laughs> I sounded human. <laughs> and so he's like... We Andalites are a small hunted band on this planet. Knowledge is survival. And he seems cool. He's like, sure, fine. So I, he drops so many hints. I'm pretty sure that this, this Yerk knows he's human. Yeah. Just Jake notes out there. that he hasn't figured it out um, throughout, but um, then the Animorphs realize there can only be one Yerk who is Joe Bob's twin. And that is Vizzer 3, bom, 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 which we already know because that's what, Esplan 9466 is. So they have the same name and number designation. Which is funny because I feel like since we read like the Hork-Bajir Chronicles first, I feel like that number when we first learned it was what is actually supposed to be like a bigger deal than like it was. Well, and also like it's a reveal in both books, right? So yeah. this is really meant to be like not everybody's going to read all of them. You know, we got to explain it. And he's like, you remember the twin thing? Remember that? <laughs> so Jake asks Joe Bob how he's been able to survive so long without Condrona because Visor 3 cut him off. And he dodges the question, which Cassie's like, he's dodging the question <laughs> immediately. And Jake kind of presses him asking, why hasn't Visor 3 killed you yet? And he's like, and if you lie to me, I will kill you. And so we get this bit of a moment, the big, big reveal Joe Bob says, my brother has not killed me because I have information he wants and needs. He doesn't want me dead. He wants me in his torture chamber aboard his blade ship. You see, I have found a way to survive without the Condrona. And Visitor 3 would give anything to know how. And basically explains he can produce Condrona particles from another source. KG about that. And turns them into food that the host body can eat. And Jake's like, oh fuck, if this is true, then the Yerks lose one of their huge weaknesses. And so Jake says, if there's a way to keep Yerks alive without Condrona rays in Yerk pools, that information would make you invulnerable even to your brother. Like you would be Visitor 1 if not on the Council of 13. And Joe Bob says, oh, maybe not. For one thing, there's a long involved process, but that's not the problem. The problem is the raw material. The raw material is my brother Yerks. I must destroy and process and consume a Yerk every three days to survive. I have become a cannibal. (laughs) Whoa! Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> right, that's sort of like a wow. I, I don't know. Like I thought that was also like a big reveal, and I can't. It reminds me of some sort of like movie or something, and I can not place it. Sorry, Maybe that's yeah. the faculty. I don't know. This seems kind of like that kind of thing. I haven't seen the faculty, so I don't know. <laughs> Uh yeah, uh we got a uh, a cannibalistic murder yerk, mur- uh, murderer yerk. <laughs> oh my gosh! Which at, at first that? I'm like, why isn't he dead? Like 
even more dead. Bef- you know what I mean? Like, if he's cannibalizing other Yurks, they I don't like know what. More of an... Oh, that's right. They don't know he's. Mm. They don't. They know he's surviving. So... They're like, hmm, how is he surviving without the Condrona? But they don't know how. So mainly, that fortress is to keep Visor Three out. Correct. Okay, and they, but Visor Three knows his location and monitors him all the time. Presumably. Okay. But he still manages to go and get controllers to feed himself every three days. Yeah, I mean, he gets rich people can adapt. Yeah, people, there's a little bit of a metaphor in here for sure. Um, he gets the Yerks by identifying controllers on the Yerk Resistance website from back in part one that we haven't talked about in a while. Um, and so the Yerk, the Animorphs, kind of take this information in and are like, "What the fuck?" and have a little bit of a private conversation, and they agree to let this dude keep doing what he's doing. After all, that's like 120 dead Yerks every year. Um, except, and they're talking about like, "Okay, let's go. Let's get our friends and leave. This guy's cool." And Cassie's like, "How are you getting the Yerks from the human hosts?" And just like kind of explodes about it and kind of repeats the question and he says how am I getting the Yerks from their human hosts how do you think I get them and it's that's the end of the chapter and it's like oh man <laughs> that's dark uh so I guess starves them or ki- or just takes them they don't even explain because it's he bad. probably yeah yeah one way or another he's getting that Yerk out of that human yeah so Cassie in anger, just leaps at him, but Jake's, Jake, in his tiger morph, intercepts her. His claws are retracted. He knocks her across the floor. And she's like, do you understand what he's saying? Do you know what he's doing? And he's like, I know, but I told him he was safe. Besides. And she's like, no, do not say that, Jake, or I will not be able to deal with you anymore. Do not say that. And he's like, oh, man, was I really going to say that? Like... Was I going to say that it was okay for this creature to go on doing what he did as long as he got the Yerks? Was I going to say that? Me? And he's like, no, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> She's mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay. Like, Cassie didn't answer. She's good at spotting lies. So they have this kind of rough interaction. I mean, and- Cassie's been really nice to Jake this whole time because he's, like, you know, been upset by almost dying as a fly on a plane. And she's, like, checking in with him. He's like, no, I have to be all strong and leader. And he keeps pushing her off. And now when she's, like, I, she's right to be pissed and mad uh, against this creepy yerk. And yeah. he's... He deserves uh, what he's going to get from Cassie. She's, yeah. she, he deserves her anger. <laughs> but they need to, they don't have axe, though. So that I feel like the way that they made it, right? Like, Jake had to go get the um, rhino because Rachel didn't have her elephant. Otherwise, she would have done it, right? And they don't have oh, axe. Yeah, they, and they don't have axe to turn off the, the um, like, stasis. So... Literally, they need him to turn off the stasis to get Rachel and Axe back. So they can't just straight up kill him. Yeah, at the very no, least. They, they, they couldn't get their friends out alive if they killed uh, him. Yeah. Totally. But they could have killed him after. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, so Cassie's like, remember that kid Gump who's worried about his dad? That's who this monster goes after. And so she's like, "You like, we need to do something. But... Then Jake says, what do you expect me to do? You want me to get rid of this man because he's evil? Do you want to do it yourself, Cassie? And then she says, "You, your morph would do it better, which is such a cop-out. Like, if you think it's righteous and good to kill this man, fucking kill him. You do it yourself if you think that that's the right thing to do. You know what I mean? She so, could do it with the wolf morph. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, she's like, your morph would do it better. And he's like, you want me to get rid of him for you? Is that what you want? And she doesn't really respond. So he goes back to Joe Bob and is like, my friend has lost friends in this battle against your people. She is emotional. And he's like, we've all lost friends in this unpleasantness. And I feel like Jake shouldn't have said she because female Andalites don't really become warriors. But that's not really mentioned. But did they... But did... I don't compare the Horkbridger Chronicles and... Uh, why am I forgetting Ciro's daughter's name already? But <laughs> Aldrea. Aldrea. Isn't she sort of memorial, memorialized as a warrior? In, like, the way okay. that, like, Joan of Arc is, like, oh, an exception. It's still, yeah. still, yeah, okay. This Espelin is explicitly a human expert, while his brother is the Andalite expert, which is kind of interesting dichotomy there. Oh, yeah, actually, I didn't think about that. What's the Andalite? That's the Ged expert, okay? The Geds need <laughs> retribution. <laughs> Sorry, not Andalite. The, what the Yerk, what, what Yerk is the, the Ged expert? I don't Taxon. know. Kind of we need like... a taxon expert. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, so Joe Bob, they like agree to turn off the biostasis. Marco picks up Rachel despite her protests and they all get their asses out of there. But before they do... This book is called The Warning, and we get The Warning, which is, uh, Jake says, release my two friends. We'll let you live. We'll walk away. As long as you are in this house, we won't harm you, but I'll tell you so you'll know. If we ever catch up with you in the outside world, that protection will not exist. And he admits that this is a cop-out for sure. He's like, it's lame, and I said it to make myself feel better and probably to make Cassie feel better. But yeah, then they bounce, and Rachel demorphs, and she's like, Oh man, this house is all messed up. Why did I? What did I miss? <laughs> I wanted to be a part of it. Yeah, <laughs> wanton destruction. And Jake's like, someone will tell you later. And Rachel's like, was the guy a controller or not? Was he a good guy or a bad guy? And the narration says, I laughed a little. My eyes locked with Cassie's, and then we both looked away, unwilling to make eye contact. And Jake says, Rachel, I don't even know which I am anymore. Dun dun dun. <laughs> the theme of the book. Um, so they go home and Jake half-asses his way through dinner. Afterwards, he goes into the backyard and sits on the swing set from when he was a kid. And after a little bit, his mom comes out and pretends that she's checking on the grass to see if it needs watering. But of course, Jake's she's mom. checking on Jake. <laughs> I know. She's, okay, I, I really Jake's, like she's this She's good. Scene. Yeah. Yeah, she's a good mom. This, I mean, especially since she, her, she's a writer. Like, that's his, her canonical job. So I feel like she's for sure the adult ka stand in um so she kind of sits next to him and is like you know when i was your age and tries to get him to talk but he doesn't want to and she says you know when i was your age and feeling upset my mother your gram would always say you don't know what unhappy is you're just a kid like anything a kid would feel would be less painful or difficult than what an adult would feel and jake's like that's probably true as in the way that a kid kind of accepts that kind of thing and she's like no it isn't in a way, in a lot of ways, being a kid is worse than being an adult. You have the same things to deal with, friends, temptations, love and hate, all that. Only you don't have the two great weapons that adults have to help them. And he asks her what those are, and she says, Well, the first is experience. Experience maybe doesn't make you smarter, but it means you can think, Hey, I had something like this happen once before and I survived. And he's like, All right, what's the second weapon? And she's like, You are Jake. Because as your mom, I can look at you and think, Oh man, as bad as I feel right now, as bad as things may be, at least I'm not a teenager. <laughs> so 
They kind of yeah. have this cute moment. <laughs> Which I really, really like when teen and child media acknowledges the fact that children's feelings are real. Like, just yeah. because it's not as bad as having to pay a mortgage doesn't mean that it's not a real f- bad feeling. Like, and it sucks, yeah. Uh, very, very valid. And, I mean, a lot of the feelings and experiences we have as kids shape us for... Uh, a lot of adulthood so extremely important (laughs) yeah yeah and there's this myth that like oh yeah kids will be fine they'll bounce back but that's not exactly true like you can have scars that follow you for the rest of your life like therapy is a good thing (laughs) yeah you can remember something that someone told you when you were 11 but not necessarily something someone told you three weeks ago you know (laughs) i think that's also due to brain elasticity but i could be wrong yeah (laughs) so the next day cassie's not at school and jake's like oh i know exactly what she's doing so he morphs peregrine falcon and skips second period and he flies to gump's house but realizes she would have waited until he was out of the house so if you'll remember gump is the kid who thought his dad was a controller on the message boards and he was like Mm kind of one of the only ones that lived super close so jake flies around a bit and finds the closest elementary school where he spots a dog quote unquote talking to a kid the kid leaves and jake calls out to cassie who is the wolf the dog wolf um and they both demorph on the spot which is like wild (laughs) i guess okay that's not a security risk whatever um (laughs) and he asks what did you tell him and she's like i told him i was a magic talking wolf he didn't exactly buy that i guess by his age they're pretty much past the points where they believe in magic but i told him not to go to that chat room again i told him her lip quivered suddenly I told him not to talk to his father about Yerkes. Told him not to. Her voice was strangled. She gritted her teeth and squeezed out the last few words. I told that little boy not to trust his father. There were tears running down her face. I guess they were running down my face too. Oh yeah, I guess. I guess I was crying. All right. Yeah. That's what you call it. Toxic I was... masculinity. <laughs> there was just water coming from my eyes. Yeah, it was raining. It was raining, so it looked like I was crying, but I wasn't. <laughs> Allergies. Uh, one of the things Cassie and I share is that we trust our parents, unlike some people, I guess. What a terrible thing for me to do, Cassie said. What a filthy, disgusting thing for me to do. It was the best you could do, I said. It was all you could do. I guess it's hard to fight evil without doing some along the way. Maybe there was a little I told you so in my voice. Cassie just walked away and I let her go. Um, and he notes, like, we can't just, I can't just say something and fix this situation. So... There's, like, a couple paragraphs that are just, like, a few days later, Jake sees on the news that uh, Joe Bob's house burned down. <laughs> it's so weird. Random. And he's, like, did the mansion burn down on its own? Did someone start the fire? If someone set the fire, there was a long list of suspects. Visor 3, Cassie, one of the others, me. I guess you'll never know. <laughs> like, oh, okay. my God. <laughs> this is just such a weird wrap-up. <laughs> well, yeah. in my mind, friends that arson together stay together. <laughs> <laughs> a few days later, Jake goes over to Cassie's and helps her set up Deer's broken leg. And he notes that it's, like, just an unambiguous good thing to do. And uh, it says... After a while, Cassidy and I started laughing, started talking, and even laughing. The others came over and we talked about flying. But instead of flying, we stayed there shoveling the manure out of the barn. The six of us shoveled dirty hay and Marco made dumb jokes. And Axe tried to eat a cow pie. And Rachel moaned about Cassie's pathetic taste in clothing. And we were us again. For now. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Axe tried to eat cow shit. <laughs> <Yeah. Bleah. laughs> 
This one's full. Be- I, better than cigarette butts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess they're organic. <laughs> yeah. So this one is uh, a book that we it read. It started out really <laughs> wild, and then it went really Silence of the Lambs there by the end. <laughs> yeah, like buck wild. So that's that. Um, donate to the intern. What did I say the name of the place was? <laughs> I'll put it in the footnotes. I'll put it in the notes. Or, or Kate will put it in the notes. <laughs> yeah, donate to the uh, uh, rhinoceros uh, conservation uh, group of your choice. <laughs> yes. And uh, always double check on the, um, you know, the rating of those. So that you don't donate to a bad company that's just taking your money. <sighs> well, what did you guys think of the internet book? The internet never comes back again. Oh, there's no... Because they don't research anything. (laughs) To be fair, though, how was the internet in, like, the late 90s? (laughs) We researched... You had to do reports and projects and stuff. Yes. Well, yeah. The internet was there. I mean, like, I think by the time I was at that age, let's say 10, 11, 12, it was 2004, 5, and 6. So, like, getting there. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. I was on the internet a lot. I think I still was just playing console games. Like I said, I didn't have an AIM yeah. account until I was like 14. Yeah, I was like 12, 13, 14. Yeah, so it was after this. But uh, the internet, it never comes back again. Hopefully they go to a local library. I don't know. But do they? I don't know. Is there a I, library a book? <laughs> <laughs> a library theme? <laughs> Are there owls in oh, a library? Owls. I was in a library. That would I, I, be hear, I, I hear silence, so no. <laughs> that would be the uh, uh, Avatar crossover. Um, oh yeah, with uh, what's the, what was the spirit's name? The owl. Um... Yeah, the the uh, the fox spirits too at the yeah. the library there. He who knows ten thousand things. Um... He was a prissy owl. That owl had mm-hmm. attitude. Oh, he totally He's did. He's a barn owl too. Um. I am just surveying our next book here, is why I'm... So, <laughs> any content warnings? Do dogs get hurt and maimed? Or no dogs get hurt and are hurt. No animals are hurt. However, I swear to you this is a comic relief book, but it includes a suicide attempt at the beginning, insanity, like descriptions of insa- of general like pop culture insanity, and uh, claustrophobia. Because it is the bat book, the underground. These are some some topics. Is the suicidality depression or more like fighting, like like suicide bomber? Yeah, Uh, it's like it's like a person who's infested trying to to kill themselves. Okay, I am interested. Like it's gonna it sounds fucked up, so I'm interested. But like, yeah, that's comic relief, I guess. (laughs) And I will, uh, and and a little bit of claustrophobia as a as a person with mild. super mild claustrophobia i'm fine with it but it does describe that a little bit and that we do get a tiny tiny snippet of that naomi um courtroom Campbell. drama we wanted okay what's the law and order i, I have no dun dun I am, thank you i'm tone i'm tone i'm tone deaf so i like can't do any sounds but yeah like law and order svu the naomi files and yes. it's very funny because I'm looking on the Seropedia, right? Uh, and I'm looking at the characters that appear. And one of them is Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, no, 
Mark Nominator. Girls got that. And now next to it has Bruce Willis mentioned only, Demi Moore mentioned only, but not next to Arnold Schwarzenegger. It doesn't say mentioned only. He shows up. <laughs> oh, the governor. Uh, awesome. Yes. So You know what I love? He ran as a Republican back in the day, and now he is like <laughs> uber liberal, I feel he like. He is vegan now, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger now. Why? <laughs> like, he turned out so cool. <laughs> like... But he was a terrible governor. <laughs> but like now he's really cool. Oi. Um, yeah. <laughs> so g- get stoked. We do get um two new morphs. Yeah. So okay, that's exciting. And this is the Bat Book. It's the Bat Book. Yes. And ad- in addition to Arnold Schwarzenegger, we may have another special guest. So stay tuned. Ooh. Demi Moore, Ooh. Julia Louis Dreyfus. <laughs> there we go. I'll never tell. <laughs> oh. I don't know. They haven't made a Friends reference yet. So. Oh my gosh, you guys. Uh, for those who know, who know, uh, this is the McDonald's book. This is a lot. There's a lot of shit in this book. Holy fuck. <laughs> Get stoked, you guys. It's a lot. Holy okay, good. Shit. Because this book, I mean, I was enjoying it the first half, but again, I'm a little depressed right now. So looking this forward one is to book opposite. 17. This one's kind of opposite. It starts out a little bit depressing and then goes like off the rails like nobody's business. So It's a okay. Rachel book, we- isn't it? Yes. You can find me at Morgan underscore Slay on Twitter. You can also tweet at us on Twitter at Middle Morph. You could also check out my other podcast about bad Reddit relationships. Uh, are you serious? That's are the letter you the word serious pod on Twitter. Jason, where can people find you? People can find me at bottomus underscore prime. And this week, why don't you guys tweet at me um, whether or not you put mustard into your tuna salad mixture? Oh, yeah. We did talk about that on Middlemore or on Are You Serious? (laughs) Yeah, but I just like, I was having a discussion with my fiance about this. And I am like, if you do any kind of salad, egg salad, chicken salad, tuna salad, potato salad, you gotta get a little bit of mustard in there, people. You gotta Or or at least some like vinegar, like some sort of acid, you know? Mm-hmm. Le- lemon also works sometimes i do anyway how can people get in touch with you kate <laughs> uh i am not on social media and well a lot of the things mentioned in this internet book you know pertain to very early you know chat rooms and things like that so i would have i would say you know try to message me in a chat room but i will definitely not be in there yurks are there <laughs> so uh in all honesty you should just email us at middlemorph at gmail.com Start a Facebook page dedicated to Kate. <laughs> Find the old Angel Fire Animorphs fandom page and we'll be there. <laughs> Ooh, MySpace. That's as far back as I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're so much younger than us. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so kind of not am. I don't know. <laughs> We did say we would end this on a happy note. If you guys all remember, the super rich guy's house burned down. That's a win for socialism. <laughs> yep, just like the win that the uh, we got the first Amazon union win. <laughs> yes. Eat the rich. <laughs> uh, I'm making Animorphs branded Eat the Rich world access. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Instead of eating Yerks, he should eat the rich. Just saying. All right. That's it. That's what we're ending on. Grind their money and eat it. <laughs> Cannibalize them. See, that's happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye, y'all. See you next week.